also share in his glory. Let's pray. Master, we come to you. Grateful, Father, that this time between, Lord, between our sins forgiven, when we're with you and there is no sin, that there is power available, Lord, to walk close to you. And I pray this morning as we look at your word, Father, that you might speak to us because uh, it's clear in your word that unless the Spirit of God speaks and opens our hearts and our ears, Father, we simply can't understand because there are things that are beyond our capability. We need your help. And so, Father, as we look at your word, I just ask that you speak, Lord. It doesn't matter so much if I'm heard, but it makes all the difference if you are. So we long for you, Lord. Speak to us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Now, coming to Christ, finding salvation, it's all about Him. It's not about what I do. It's not about how great a job I'm able to pull off. It's all about what He's accomplished. And to live in Him... Somehow, it's almost like we get the idea, well, I'm, I'm saved, he took care of that, and now I just, you know, just wait till I get to heaven. But that, that is not what the Scripture tells us. The Scripture tells us that the same way he saved us is the way that we're to live. You see, uh, sin is dealt with in three phases. We're saved from the penalty of sin. And man, that is so awesome. To know that my sin, my disobedience to God... He forgives that. He has forgiven that. So he has saved us from the penalty of sin. And then, of course, what awaits us is that wonderful day where we'll be in heaven and all this battle that goes on between wanting to do what God wants us to do and and this yearning to do what is against God. In heaven, there won't be the presence of sin. We won't have to deal with it. But we're in the in-between And God promises that we are being saved now from the power of sin. That he provides victory. And how does that victory occur? It occurs when through the power of his Holy Spirit, he takes the truth of his word in our hearts and he brings forth life and strength to follow God. Too often, we hold on to truths that we have heard and thought, Well, that's in the Bible. But is it in the Bible? It's really important that we're people who who really seek God in in the Bible. Because sometimes people say things, well, that's in the Bible, but it's not. For example, one of the sayings we hear is God helps those who help themselves. That's in the Bible. No, that's not in the Bible. But what is in the Bible is that God helps those who cannot help themselves. It says in Psalm 51, 17, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. God has a special place in his heart for those who are broken and who need him. Second one. Just think positively and everything will turn out all right. Hey, in some cases, when you're in the midst of a storm, that's like rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. It's still painful. It's still going down. And God doesn't promise that there won't be those storms. 
He just promises He will be with us through those storms. And He'll provide. How about this one? The main thing is to be sincere. As long as you are sincere, that's all that matters. And boy, do we hear this message in our society. You know, just leave those people alone. They're sincere. Well, you can be sincerely wrong. That's the problem. It's not enough to believe something. It says in the book of Proverbs, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end of those things is death. Hey, we may think it's right, but if it doesn't agree with God, it's going to bring pain eventually. And God says, no, don't go that direction. Uh, Sincerity does not correct a bad map. Still headed in the wrong place if you get wrong directions. And directions that are outside of God's truth, led by God's Spirit, lead you to the wrong place. Here's another one. A wife must submit to her husband no matter what he says. There's a good Greek word for that, hogwash. The Bible talks about a wife submitting to her husband. But if you look carefully at that scripture, what it says is that the husband loves his wife as Christ loves the church. There there is a picture here of being in agreement both towards submitting to God the Father. It's not taking away from the the way God's planned out the family, but it's it's taking the truth that the, the man's heart, man, it's kind of a scary thought here, that I need to have a kind of love that's not going in, but a love that goes out, because that's God's type of love. And that's the type of love I'm to have toward my wife. It is not. It doesn't mean just a blank check. Honey, you do exactly what I say and get what I want when I want it exactly on time. You know, that's not what it's talking about here. It's talking about being obedient. Here's another one, the last one. Uh, the ministry is the most spiritual of all callings. So you got the preacher and you got the, you got the, Music ministry, you got those people that are that are ordained, and, and then you got those little spiritual people under them. No, that's not what the scripture teaches. The scripture teaches that we have all been called by God. First, He calls us to salvation. Then, once He calls us to salvation, He calls us to be ministers and to minister. He does have direct callings, and for example, First Timothy five seventeen says, the elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor, especially those whose work is preaching and teaching. So yes, there is to be a, a respect for those who are called to serve in ministerial positions, but no less for those who are brothers and sisters in Christ that they too are ministers and special. And preaching is not to be It's not to be the opinions of a preacher. It's to be from God. It's to come from His Word, and it's to come from His heart. I I love that. I've gotten where I quote it a lot. Psalm 119, 130, uh, that tells us that the unfolding of your words, the unfolding of your word gives light and understanding to the sinful. Not my words, but God's Word gives light. It it opens our eyes. It, It gives us the truth that our heart... So needs, but preachers just like everybody else, oh boy, can we disobey God and can we break his heart? And we've heard those stories too. And it breaks my heart as I've known friends that have fallen away from God. Remember, as I thought this, remember Bob Harrington, 
the uh, chaplain of Bourbon Street. Some of you have been, you know, been uh, with the church in the church for a while. Uh, he was a guy that he just opened up a church down there on Bourbon Street, down there in Louisiana, and and uh, before long, God just used him. He did a, a mighty work, but then he moved away from God for years. Matter of fact, I won't read to you. This is from his testimony. He says, after having served God for many years as chaplain of Bourbon Street, I began to leave my first love for the Lord. Fame, fortune, and frolic got me off the track. I had been on all the major talk shows, Donahue and Oprah, as well as having my own syndicated TV show. Money got to be no object. Dollars flowed in. Making money began to be my focus. I began listening to the young women who bragged on how good I was and how good I looked and became addicted to their ego boosts. I finally left preaching altogether and went strictly into very successful years as a motivational speaker, finally leaving God completely out of my life. Listen to what he says. I was miserable, living, existing on fun and thrills, little happiness, no joy. Fortunately, that's not the end of the story. He says, One night while in Los Angeles, California, I was considering jumping out of a window when the phone rang and my friend, Rex Humbard, asked me, Brother Bob, aren't you ready to come back? I cried, Yes, I'm so ready. He then led me in reading the 51st Psalm and praying David's prayer of restoration. Suddenly, the burden of guilt was lifted and I knew that God had other plans for my life. These years since then, I've been growing and rebuilding. And I'm thrilled to say I'm back and it's still fun being saved. You know, isn't it great that no matter how far we run away, if we're his, he still loves us. He said, Brother Bob, you ready to come back? And, and, and you know, he still cries that out to us. Maybe you're sitting here today and you feel so far away from God and God says, but I'm not that far away from you. Come back, I'm here. Salvation's by faith alone. Uh, it's through faith alone, by grace alone, in the cross alone. <laughs> and if Jesus picked up the complete payment for our sin, does it not make sense that he will give us the complete power we need to live it out? Colossians 2, 6 and 7 says, So just as you received Christ Jesus... Continue to live in Him. Rooted and built up in Him. Overflowing in thankfulness as you were taught. How did you come to Jesus? God, I have nothing to offer to you. My good works are, they're really small. And they're not going to meet what you need. And God says, it's not about what your good works are. It's about my good work. And so it wasn't about my strength. It's about His. And so, how did I receive him? Coming with empty hands and receiving a full heart. So, that means how am I to live? <laughs> Same way. God, fill my heart. It's, it's not what I bring, but it's what you've brought. And Lord, help me to live in that strength, God. Here's another one. Philippians 1.6 He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. What is the call? He, he says, hey, I know you. I'm with you. I'm doing the work. And I want to keep you. I'm going to keep you until that day. 
until that day. Uh, turn me to first the book of First Thessalonians. Near the Old Testament. I want to look in that final book, chapter 5. And I'm going to be looking at some final instructions here. He starts here at verse 12. He says, Now we ask you, brothers, to respect those who work hard among you, who are over you in the Lord and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard and love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers, warn those who are idle, encourage the timid, help the weak, be patient with everyone. (laughs) Make sure nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always try to be kind to each other and to everyone else. Praise be to God that we don't have to accomplish that in our own strength. Can't do it. Matter of fact, the list even, to me, gets tougher. Look what he says. Be joyful always. Now, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands who looks joyful always. Because I don't want you to have to practice 1 John 1, 9. If we confess, as is Tammy quoted earlier, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just forgive. I don't want you to. Okay. Or this next one here. Pray continually. How can I pray continually? I remember one time, this is just a side. I was a teenager in, in, in church. I got saved. We had a little prayer meeting, and we got to pray. We got to pray, and the guy, he all of a sudden, I feel him slap. I said, what was that about? He said, you fell asleep, and you were snoring. I said, no, I didn't. He said, yeah, you did. I said, no, I didn't. I don't remember. (laughs) You know, it was just a couple of minutes. But he says, pray continually. How is that possible? Only in the power of God do we have that attitude of worship. That's what he's talking about. And then he says here, verse 18, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This is not a human strength kind of job. How do I give? Notice it says, it doesn't say give thanks for all circumstances. Some circumstances you stink. But it says, in those circumstances, have a heart that's thankful. Then he says, (laughs) Do not put out the Spirit's fire. Boy, sometimes I feel like I'm stomping God's Spirit everywhere. Got to trust Him. Do not treat prophecies with content. Test everything. Hold on to the good. Avoid every kind of evil. You look at those. How in the world can this be accomplished? God, how am I supposed to follow these commands? I can't do it, Lord. I'm, I'm too weak. This just doesn't seem possible. Praise God for the next verses. Look at this. Verse 23, 24. May God Himself, the God of peace, Sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful. And he will do it. It's not fully up to me. He says he will provide that power to do it. That's what we're talking about here in the spirit-controlled life. And in, in, in following Him. God, help me to be honest before you, Lord. To guard my heart, as it says in your word. It's a wellspring of life. To, to let you work through me. And, 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 and Father, help me not to just always get bogged down in my sins. But, but Father, to live in the joy. And, and to pray continually. And, and to give thanks. And, and, and to see you in the circumstances. Instead of get bogged down with me. Because I'm forgiven, Lord. And let your spirit just come out of my life, God. Help me not live under this drag of sin but to live in the victory you provide. 
man, that's what matters. Um, you know, Lord, don't let me get bogged down with my failures. Oh, Lord, ran that stop sign and got my picture. Oh, no. Oh, Lord, I sped through that speed trap and they got those little cameras and they got my picture again. Lord, don't let me create a photo album. Oh, my. God says, hey, let's not, let's not get bogged down there. Let's go through the scripture here, verse 12, back to Romans 8. Um, he says, therefore, brothers, and we say sisters too, we have an obligation. What's that obligation? But it's not to the sinful nature to live according to it. No, that's not what we're to do. He goes on, he says, for if you live according to the sinful nature, you'll die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. He says, hey, don't live that death-like existence. Don't live in hostility and, and in disagreement to God. Don't, don't, don't miss His peace. Don't miss His joy. Don't miss that fruit of the Spirit that He wants to come forth from your lives. Don't miss that. That's the death-like existence. Live that Spirit-controlled life. And so that there's... <laughs> There's something that it just doesn't make sense to the world, and that something is Jesus Christ. That, that, that's the call. Uh, listen to this one piece some guy wrote. I, I don't even, I couldn't find who wrote it. But it says, young man named Sinner once received from his father a beautiful bright red convertible. He named it Salvation. <laughs> Sparkling, new, clean, powerful, it delighted the young man so much, especially because it was a gift. He could never have afforded it. So delighted, the boy even changed his name from sinner to saved. (laughs) He polished his car every week, took pictures of it, sent it to his friends, looked it over, front, back, under, top, bottom, inside, out. He never, never tired of telling others about the gift. My father gave it to me. It was free. Some days later, saved was seen out on the highway pushing salvation. An individual named Helper walked up and introduced himself and asked if he could assist. Oh, no, thanks. Just out enjoying my new car, said Saved as he wiped the sweat off his face. Just had a little trouble because my bumper kept cutting my hands, especially on these hills. But then a nice man helped me, showed me how to mount little rubber bumper cushions, uh, little rubber cushions here underneath the bumper. And now I can push this thing for hours without a blister. Also, I've been trying something new lately. They use it over in England. You put your back against the car, lift, and it works like a charm, especially on muddy roads. Helper asked, have you pushed the car very far? Mm, about 200 miles altogether. It's been hard, but since it was a gift from my father, that's the least I can do in return to thank him. Helper opened the door on the right side and said, Gideon. After hesitation, he decided it was worth a try. He slid in on the passenger side and rested for the first time since he'd been given the car. Helper walked around, opened the door, slid behind the wheel, started the car. What's all that noise? He said. Moments later, they were moving down the highway quietly at 50, 60 miles an hour. He was taken aback. It seemed to fall into place. It was even exciting. He knew he needed this salvation, but somehow he felt that getting there was his responsibility. You see, if Jesus lives in you, there's the engine, there's the power. You don't push it. God empowers you to live it. That's that's what he's talking about here. It's, you know, other religions, that's the difference you hear between religion and, and Christianity. Religion is me trying to push that salvation. Christianity is the fact that God's the engine that gives me life. 
so, so that I can really live and not just exist. That's his work. That, that, that's what he's up to in us, guys. Um, it is not about carrying out that, you know, getting salvation and then just waiting. It's, it's about him providing salvation and power over sin for today and, and to live for him regardless of who we face. Let's look at benefits. Back to the scripture, uh, verse 14. He gives us practical, everyday leading from God. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. He promises He'll lead us. He'll guide us through life. It's great that we're not alone, but that God Himself has promised to be our guide. Verse 15 when we came to Christ, we did not receive another slavery, but a fearless intimacy with God. Look at verse 15. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear. It's not the kind of slavery where you live in fear. But you received the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. And, of course, that word Abba, Father, means dear daddy. He says, you begin to understand that God is not somebody that you just fear. You know, you just sit and you shake all the time. When's God going to strike me for my sin? No. It's changed and, and now you see him as dear dad. He wants an intimate relationship with you. That's the kind of God that we have and that's how he wants us to live. Third, we have a confident assurance that we belong to God. Look what he says here in verse 16. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Hey, we're we're part of His family. We we belong to Him. And then and then verse seventeen. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God, co-heirs in Christ. If indeed we share in His sufferings, in order that we may also share in His glory. We have a confident assurance, man. We're part of His family. We're, we're vitally connected to God, and that's the best place to be. <laughs> it's the safest place to be. It's the only place to be when it comes to eternity. And, and that's what we have. That's what the Scripture teaches. And, and that's the way He leads us, and that's the way He loves us. And, and God, God, that's what He wants us to have. Not just to merely exist, but to live. Let me close uh, with this piece. Uh, at first, I, I saw God as my observer, my judge, Keeping track of the things I did wrong so as to know whether I merited heaven or hell when I die. He was out there sort of like a president. I recognized his picture when I saw it, but I really didn't know him. Later on, when I met Christ, it seemed as though life were rather like a bike ride. But it was a tandem bike, and I noticed Christ was in the back helping me pedal. I don't know just when it was that he suggested we change places, but life has not been the same since. When I had control, I knew the way. It was boring but predictable. And it was the shortest distance between two points. But when he took the lead, he knew delightful long cuts up mountains, through rocky places at breakneck speeds. It was all I could do to hang on. Even though it looked like madness, he said, Pedal! I worried and was anxious and asked, Where are you taking me? He laughed and didn't answer, and I started to learn to trust. I forgot my boring life and entered into the adventure when I'd say I'm scared, he'd lean back and touch my hand. He, he took me to people with gifts that I needed, gifts of healing, acceptance, joy. They gave me gifts to take on my journey, my Lord's and mine. 
and we were off again. He said, give the gifts away. They're extra baggage, too much weight. So I did to the people we met. And I found that in giving, I received, and still our burden was light. I did not trust him at first in control of my life. I, I thought he'd wreck it. <laughs> but he knows bike secrets, knows how to make it be and to take sharp corners, knows how to jump to clear high rocks, knows how to fly to short and scary passages. And I'm learning just to shut up and pedal in the strangest places. And I'm beginning to enjoy the view and the cool breeze on my face with my delightful, constant companion, Jesus Christ. And when I'm sure I just can't do any more, he just smiles and says, pedal. Sometimes we get burdened down with a bunch of nonsense. We need to remember that we have a God who guides us, who loves us, who's adopted us into the family, who will never leave nor forsake us. And in the same way, He has saved us where we are secure. He promises to guide us where we feel insecure. What a God that we have. And what a God that we are called to follow. Let's pray. Lord, uh, Thank you for some time to worship you this morning. To be brought face to face, Father. With how awesome you are, God. We forget that from time to time, God. I confess that, Father, sometimes I I just have to fix things or try. I can't. Lord, give us strength to follow you and to... Fulfill what you have promised to us, Lord, that we see that, Lord. It's no question you're able to do it and you want to do it. The big question is, are we in the way? And I pray this morning, God, that you'd help us to seek out that and to answer that question honestly. And, Father, if there's something we need to do, Lord, may we repent. And that just means to stop and go your direction. So may that be the case, Lord. And maybe there's one here that has never found that forgiveness of the penalty of sin. We would be amiss, Lord. I always run to the cross. I don't want anyone to miss that. Father, if someone for some reason has not bowed to Jesus Christ and found forgiveness in a new life, may it be today. May that one come. Father, just trust you and Lord, a little selfishly, too, I ask they come let us know. (laughs) Love to hear what you're up to, Lord. Have an altar that's open. You know the burdens, Lord. You say give them to you. May this altar be a place where people can come and to lay the burdens down, turn to you. Father, we need you, Lord. We're a weak bunch. Grateful you're a strong God. I pray, Father, that as we have a time we call invitation and response to stand and sing, that we do more. We would follow you, whatever that call may be from you. In your name we pray. Amen.